Welcome. This is Karen Motokaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. So how are you doing? I am a bit jet lagged because I was overseas and am jet lagged from the return back. However, not only was that I had five trips in seven weeks and I talked about it a while ago when I realized that I had these trips booked up. And one of the things that I do spend some time coaching on is travel and busy schedules. Things are continue to open up more and more. There's more demands on work to travel. There's the desire to go and travel for fun and entertainment with family. So there's a whole bunch of stuff going on. And man, it is crowded out there in the travel world. So I used to have the story many years ago that I hated traveling. I was like, oh, I just hate traveling. And I would say that all the time. And what I learned was it was armor because it was just like, let me just say I hate travel. So therefore I don't even attempt to go through the work because travel can be work, especially if you're like me and you're not a good packer. That is a skill set that I'm working on developing, but I own and I love myself that I'm not a good packer. It's okay. I'm getting better. I think I used most of the clothes on my last trip that I packed with. And I've come home with quite a full suitcase of unused clothes. So But I had the story of hating travel and it was armor. It was a way to keep me small instead of like pushing me out there and going out and doing something because the other part is I do love travel and I do love to go places and I do love to connect, whether it's with friends or family or with work. I actually really enjoy it. It wasn't the travel that I didn't like. Sure, I don't like to get, you know, the getting in an airplane or all those transition pieces, right? There, I'm not, that's not my most thrilling thing, but I do love to travel. When I really unpacked that story and that belief that I had about hating travel, what was really underneath it was I didn't have the systems or the space set up to support my travel. So we know I don't have the systems in place for packing clothes. I've watched YouTube videos. A girlfriend of mine had me get, when I went to Italy last summer, she loaned me her, oh gosh, what are they called? Those little bags that you put your stuff in and zip them up. And so those packing cubes, that's what they're called. I now own packing cubes. She had me test hers out and I have packing cubes. I've bought new suitcases. I'm really trying. I'm really trying. And so I'm working on these systems really, really slowly at developing them. But years ago, I didn't have systems. And the biggest systems was having the space to exit and to re-enter. And so over the years, I've been working on these systems. And what it used to be is we'd go on vacation to Montana, and this is like 14, 15 years ago, and I'd be working extra hard, right, to get out, to get everything all taken care of so I could leave. But I'd be doing almost double time to get out. How many of you are like that, right? In order to get the vacation, you're working like your job twice as much to get all those things done. And then, of course, because I'm a 
high achiever who can really overdo it at times. Not only did I need to get all my work done, but I wanted my office or my house or whatever space to be like pristine. So when I re-entered and returned, it would be great. So I would totally exhaust myself upon departure. And there would usually be a day or two where I was useless on vacation. I would just sleep for 10 or 12 hours because I was so exhausted. And my key takeaway back then was, oh, I need to taper into vacation, just like I used to as a swimmer, where it was about really deliberately resting before a peak performance of a high caliber swim meet. So that's what I started to do. And I've gotten to be really good about that, like not overworking before I leave, but really tapering and going into my vacation rested. Now, here's the thing. These five trips that I had over the last seven weeks, they weren't vacations. (laughs) I got really clear about that because vacations are where I go, I get to rest, I have fun, (laughs) I get to rest, I have fun, right? These trips were a swirl of different things, depending on what they were. Some of them were work trips. Some of them were visiting friends. Some of them were supporting family. And one of them, the one that I just got back from was traveling on a family field trip. And I'll talk about that more in another episode. But there was 20 of us that were going abroad. We weren't all traveling together necessarily. There was in my party, there was five that were going over there, but there were 20 of us. We were quite the large group. So none of those are vacations, right? And so there wasn't necessarily going to be that downtime and that filling up. There may be the social connections where I get filled up with that. There may be the filling up in this fact that I can go and support somebody that I love, right? Or on the family field trip, I can get filled up because it could be meaningful because I could see this experience through other people's eyes or I can connect with people but those are different ways of filling up. So with these travel, like right there, I learned a long time ago about tapering in. Then the next thing that I learned was the re-entry back home. So I used to have all the scarcity about like, oh, I get to travel and I've got to make it grand and why come home until the last possible minute, right? So that might mean if I'm returning back to work on a Monday or bringing kids back or whatever, we would get back late Sunday night because I need to maximize every minute totally rooted in scarcity, right? So I've learned how to re-enter where I can have some space and do all that stuff that there, it's the invisible labor of our lives, right? And we don't really value it. Nobody values it, but it's the stuff that we need to get done. So, cause it supports the rest of our life. I like to get unpacked, do my laundry, you know, make sure there's food in the house. This last trip, my husband made sure that that was all taken care of the food in the house, right? But having that time, having the time to just fuddle around my house and kind of get into it. The other part was making sure I didn't have any very intense meetings upon re-entry. That's really, really important. Sometimes we can't get around that. And sometimes that's the way it has to be. But if I did have an important meeting, I would even back up my re-entry further if I could, or be more deliberate about resting. So I've learned how to re-enter a space and I've learned how to exit for a vacation. So those are some systems that I've been able to create instead of having those heroic efforts that I used to have where I was exhausted and then would return to a full and overwhelming calendar with commitments. And back then, it's because I really prided myself on being busy 
And I valued having this really packed schedule without thinking of how was I showing up, right? Did my brain actually work? Or, and this is actually more typical because much like most of you, I could suck it up for those really important things, which could be work for other people. But what may be the cost or toll to me at the end of the day? And what I mean by that, do I get snarky with my family? Do I then want to just say, screw it, I'm just going to eat, you know, a bag of potato chips, right? What's the cost to me? Do I not take care of myself and become a downward spiral over time? It doesn't have to be a big avalanche, but what happens is over the course of the week, how would I show up? What's the toll? And that's a really important thing for us to be aware of and to evaluate as we go through this. So like, as I mentioned, the first part of 2023, I had lots of travel and some of it was really cool. Like back in the fall, I had talked to an old friend of mine and she was looking at moving and she wanted me to come and see her house down in Arizona before she moved. And we talked about me coming in December and I said, Hey, you know, I've got this weekend. I think it was the weekend before Christmas. I could come down. She had some holiday travel to go visit some of her adult kids And she said, well, could you come in January? And I looked at her, I was like, January is just not going to work. My kids have all these swim meets. And then I realized that one of my daughters was going to be down in Arizona for these swim meets. She had two swim meets, one at ASU and one at U of A. And I said, actually, there's my daughter has these swim meets. Would you like to go? Now, here's the thing. This is the swirl of life. And much of my life operates this way. My girlfriend is a swimmer. I can't even call her a former swimmer. She's a swimmer. She swims masters. You know, she's always been a competitive swimmer (laughs) since I've known her the last 25, 30 years, right? As an adult. And even before that, when she was a youth swimmer and she's a very good swimmer. So who better to bring a swimming to than somebody who loves swimming? She loves to talk about swimming. She loves swimming. So we had actually a fun weekend going to these two swim meets and watching swimming right? And supporting my daughter. And then there was actually a work trip that part I needed to tag on to that for one day of that. And she was really supportive of that. So sometimes that kind of stuff happens, right? It's, it can happen nicely. Some of you may be like, no, I like it to be black and white. I want work separate from family. And I want, you know, family separate from friends. Everybody gets to do you, right? For me, it really worked out because it did help support the fact that I didn't have to get on the airplane three different times to, to do those different things that I was doing, right? Those three different arenas, I was able to have a swirl around it. So I found creative ways to, I don't know, I guess you could say maximize my time, right? In my travels and really to get the different benefits. And I was really clear about it, you know, talking with my friend and saying, hey, I have these two meets. Is this something you would be interested in? She's like, absolutely. And then when this work thing came up, I talked with her about that. And she was really supportive of that. And if any of those things didn't work for her, I could have gone to the meets by myself, or I could have not done the work thing, or maybe, you know, put it in a different day and ended my trip with her and then gone to there. But it did all align. And sometimes that does also happen in my life. So not only did I have these five trips and it was all over the U.S. and then again abroad, I also in the middle of it had clients from all over the world come to Davis for a retreat, which was fantastic. It was amazing. 
it was so wonderful to do an in-person retreat like that again. I haven't done that since before COVID. It was delightful, even though it rained that weekend, but it was everything, you know, it was, it was probably the best retreat that I've ever led. It was just fantastic. The group and the clients had just got a lot out of it, but I had that. So think about these seven weeks, right? I was traveling for friends, for supporting family and some work stuff. And then I have people come into town. So there's a lot of responsibility on my plate with them coming in. So there's a lot of outpouring. And when when you think about this, this often happens with my clients as well. They're working, they're leading, they're leading clients, they're leading their companies, right? They're leading staff. And then they may need to get on a plane or go travel for work or go do a support for their kids' soccer game or ice hockey or, you know, a swim meet, right? So there's all of that. We're busy people. And how do we take care of ourselves when we're doing all this outpouring, right? And that's something that's really important to be aware of. And a long time ago, my younger self didn't know. I just, I thought I was the Energizer Bunny. It's like, oh, I can see this block on my calendar. So therefore I can keep going instead of realizing that I needed to have recovery blocks on my calendar. So because I had all this outpouring of energy and every week I would sit down and I'd look and be like, okay, what do I need in order to be able to go do this, in order to be able to pour out, what do I need to put in? That was a really important thing that I had to do. And then the other aspect is, managing my mindset, right? That part became really important because I could sit here and say, woe is me, poor me, I have these these trips. Well, you guys, I'm an adult and I chose them all. I literally said yes and I booked them. There were some that I really thought about. Do I really want to do it? I reconsidered, but I said yes. These were all things I said yes to. So For me, it was about managing my mindset and reminding myself that I chose it all. And I checked in with my reasons why, whether it was a work reason and I wanted to go do this work or I wanted to go support, you know, this person, or it was family or friends. And there was a quick entertainment (laughs) as well in there. But I was really clear about what my reasons why were. And I was also really clear about what are my responsibilities, both at home and in my work here that I do with my clients, as well as if I was traveling and doing work, what are my responsibilities? And I've had the fortunate thing is that I've had this long ingrained habit of being conscientious of the contracts I have agreed to and my scopes of work that I've agreed to. So that's an ingrained practice that I have. That's not a problem. So like on one place, we were at one of my daughter's conference meets and some of the parents were going to go on a hike and I already had client work set up because I knew there was going to be a break between trials and finals. And so my husband and these parents went off on this hike. I would have loved to seen this canyon that they went to, and but I didn't have a pity party for me. Instead, I, I knew I was going back and I had some client work to go do and I went and did that. And I recognized the beauty of how I could be there to support my daughter. I could connect with some of these parents. We had a great time. They taught me pickleball. I'm still learning, but they were very generous and very gracious in teaching me because I'm a land dork. And then I was able to go back and support my clients. So, but again, that had to come about because I managed the stories in my brain instead of saying, oh, well, this isn't fair or all these parents, they get to go do this and I can't. It was a deliberate choice. And really, 
That's part of adulting, right? I think sometimes we have the fairy tale of like, oh, we can go off and we don't have stuff. There was a dad who's a doctor and one night we were at dinner and he was outside of the restaurant for most of dinner because he was supporting another doctor, another physician about something. And that's what happens sometimes, right? Like we do have these blurred lines of work and travel and family and friends and colleagues. But as long as we're really clear about what do we choose to do with our energy? What do we choose to do with our time? What scopes of work have we said yes to that we may be in a situation to go and connect with that scope of work or support that scope of work while we're someplace else with our family? not saying that that's like ideal all the time. Sometimes I can have really clear boundaries of being totally out and unavailable, right? And sometimes there's much more of a swirl. So I'm clear about each of these trips. So checking in about, you know, what is your reason why? One of the trips, like I mentioned, I had come back and I was thinking about this other trip that was coming up and I wasn't quite sure, like, did I want to go? And my husband and I were talking about it. And as we rumbled through it, I got really clear and I was like, oh, here's why I'm going to do this. And he wanted me to make a decision for him. And I said, well, here's my decision. You need to make a decision for you and choose your reasons and make sure that you like your reasons why, right? I didn't want to be responsible for his decision. It was a difficult decision to make. So again, I had to check in with my reason why. Once I got really clear on my reason why, And I wasn't interested in other people's opinions about what I should or shouldn't do, right? There's that should word, which is a judgment word. And instead, when I got clear, I was grounded, I was confident, and I felt really empowered. I was really clear about why I was going to go. And there were parts of the trip I wasn't excited about because I had to go fly through one of my least favorite airports because of just the way the routings work. And I looked at, you know, quite a few different options of going through. But again, it went back to, okay, I understood and I was really clear about what my reasons why were. I didn't have magical thinking of how it was going to turn out, right? But I really understood what my reasons why were. And that's really important. So again, managing our mindset, you know, what is the story you're telling yourself? Are you saying that this has happened to you or that you're choosing it? Are you clear on your responsibilities, right? Whether it's the responsibilities you're leaving behind, that you're taking with you, that maybe you're swirling, or maybe it's your responsibilities in that space. And then checking in with like, what are your reasons why? And do you like your reasons why? So I understand with the work I do, I have the fortune to have these swirl opportunities, right? And a lot of my clients also have this. I have clients who travel for work and then they have friends or family in the area that they may be able to meet up with. Or they may travel to be with friends and family, and they can incorporate some work on the side while they're there. Some of the parents that I was traveling with as we were supporting our kids through their swim season, this happened as well, right? So the idea is is about creating these Venn diagrams, getting clear about what is it that you have, like what are your responsibilities? What is it you want from this experience? Why are you choosing to go? What are your other responsibilities that you may have? And where do they line up? Where could be the space? Now, in addition to that, and something I mentioned a bit earlier is, what do I need to support myself in order to do this trip? What do you need? This is a question I ask my clients all the time. It is a hard question. 
It's vulnerable. You may think that you're being selfish because you need something, but we have to fill ourselves up so that we can have this outpouring to others, right? So that we can, again, do the work that we're meant to do so that we can support our friends or families to be able to have energy to connect with others. I get energy. I'm probably an ambivert where I get energy by myself. I also get energy from others. I also can get really drained. So I have to be constantly checking in with myself. And as I go through and learn more and more about myself, I'm better at this. So examples of what did I need to support me? One was I needed space, right? So that, remember how I used to 10, 15 years ago, really ramp up and do all that extra work and make sure that my office was clean and everything was spit and span. I had to not push myself that much, not elevate and do all this extra work and make sure everything was quote perfect before I left and be okay with that, right? So having space was really important. Having space in my trip for myself. That may be a little bit like going to bed 15, 20 minutes early so I could have downtime by myself or so I could just muddle through, even even if it's muddling through my phone and social media, reading a book. I did actually spend quite a bit of time in quarter one reading books as a way of creating space for myself and filling myself back up. Shout out to Taylor Jenkins Reid, the author. I love, love, love her books. And the Libby app, which is an app that you can download and connect if you're in the US, at least in California, but I've talked to some clients elsewhere. You can download books from the library. It's fantastic. It's a great way to travel. So space was really important. Sleep, as I mentioned, making sure I get sleep, right? I used to have like FOMO, like, no, I need to be there all the time, pulling back and taking care of myself so I can get sleep so that I can show up the next day. Having rest. Even wasn't sleep, but sometimes it was just downtime to go back and not talking to somebody, right? And having that rest so that I could go back. And sometimes, like for some of my clients, I have a client doing an international trip, they upgraded their seat to the emergency row to have extra space. And for them, that was a really big value add. It could be getting a driver. I have clients that sometimes will have like a driver when they're in a certain town. Or it could be making a decision of like, yes, I'm going to give myself permission to use Uber or Lyft, or I'm going to use a taxi or finding out that the the hotel you stay at has a shuttle and allowing yourself that support to take you someplace and asking for what you need. Or could they pick you up and take you to the downtown area and finding out what the boundaries are in that relationship? The other part of resting is maybe walking to clear your head. Walking is like one of my favorite things to do when I travel. I love to walk and explore and it's just nice for me to be outside. So those are examples of what do I need to support myself to do this, right? Space, sleep, rest, exercise, moving my body, right? That is something that has become even more and more so of just moving, clearing my head, moving my body. I feel so much better. The other thing I did this time was I love the melt method. You can go ahead and Google it, but the melt method is this foam roller. I love taking the classes. I'm not going to bring this big foam roller on the planes with me, but I have these little balls and you do it on your foot type of thing. And I brought those and I kid you not, those allowed me to re-enter so much better because of all the travel and just the wear and tear on our bodies. It allowed the fluid exchange in my body. So I really am a big fan of the melt method. 
That's one of the things that supports me. And I've finally been able to figure out how to integrate it by taking one of those balls with me and using them for the bottom of my feet. The other thing is having food, you know, making a deliberate choice about what do I choose to eat? Not saying doing it perfectly, but what do I choose to eat? So instead of judging yourself because of the support that you need, my invitation is for you to check in with you on why you need it. And does it fit within your financial constraints of how you feel comfortable or or how you financially can spend the money on this? Does it serve you and your priorities? And evaluate that without judgment, right? Because the judgment that gets us into the shoulds and we judge ourselves and we don't want to be too much. Who do we think we are? Or we have this old programming about the way our parents did it, or maybe how somebody close to you in your life has, you know, made comments about how you spend money. But what do you choose to do with this money? Is this something that you would want to do with this? There's not a right or wrong. It's about your values and priorities. I have a client, for instance, who doesn't take red eyes. Like she just knows, like sometimes this hasn't happened in a number of years, but a long time ago, she had to get to this meeting on the other side of the country and was going to take a red eye. And fortunately, everybody, myself and her husband were like, your brain doesn't work when you take red eyes. And so we reminded her of this is a boundary she has that she needs to do because it doesn't support her. Right. And so what were some other options? It was either leave work earlier the day before. So she's not in a red eye or leave early the next morning and then have a meeting later. Right. So there's always options. And how she learned this is from experimenting and doing the red eyes. And sometimes maybe you don't have that choice, especially if maybe, you know, you're starting out in the career and these are your company's rules. But as you go through and you start to learn, like, when am I at my best? How much of my brain juice do I need? What will the toll be if I do take the red eye? You know, will I be useless? Will I be able to make it through the week or will I just roll over? Right? Or will I lean on stuff? I used to like, oh my gosh, when I first was drinking coffee and I was so exhausted and so spent, I would just drink coffee after coffee after coffee all day long. It was like my way to cheat the system. The cost to me was not good to just my physiology. And then I was a wreck by the time I got home right? So asking yourself what you need is not weakness. It's about how to support you so that you don't become a volcano in some arena of your life. So I'm going to give you some more examples about exit support and re-entry. So remember what I said earlier, tapering into departure, tapering, that means reducing your workload, going to bed early or getting rest, going into the trip rested will be great because you're going to get tired just from travel right? There's going to be shit shows when we travel, lost baggage, a late flight, a missed cab, not, you know, having to use a lot of brain juice at every airport to try to figure out what you need to do, or if you're taking a train, or if you're trying to figure out shuttle service or taxi service or lifts. So tapering into departure, packing, having systems of packing. I admire people that have the system and I'm really learning and exploring what supports me now in packing. The one thing I do have down is my, I don't know what it's called, like my bathroom kit, right? It's pretty much, it's standard. I have everything in there. So it's just really a grab and go. I may add a few things, but it's its own entity. So I don't unpack it and then put it into my shower and then repack it. It is my own travel bag. So that's one area. I'm working on some others. Now I have some shoe baggies because that's really important to me. And I have that packed away. So I'm creating some systems so I can be a better packer. 
knowing which airport you fly in and out of, knowing where you park at the airport. I've made some decisions about where I choose to park and giving myself that permission, right? Packing ahead of time on my last trip, I had two trips back to back and I started packing a couple days ahead of time because I knew that I was such a bad packer. So that was part of the support I needed for exiting, right? Laundry, having laundry done ahead of time so that you're not going, oh, I'm flying out at five tomorrow morning. It's nine o'clock tonight. And guess what? I don't have any clean underwear. So I'm going to do laundry, right? Taking that time. That is part of your departure support. Now on re-entry, like I said, I've been practicing this for well over 10 years. It's that space to re-enter, right? And paying attention to what that looks like. This last trip that I had, I didn't have as much space as I would ideally like. Again, but I chose that. There was a big trip that had it fit into this one week of a time span. And that's what we chose to do. And I knew that. So I really worked on this is what it was and, and being okay with that, right? But letting go of the, the maximizing the way time and then ex- rolling in the next day exhausted and not being able to be really useful just because it's a body doesn't mean I'm just a body going through motions versus actually being really deliberate and focused with the work I do. And that's really important to me, especially as a coach for other people my brain capacity, my attention, I really, really am adamant that I can fully show up for my clients. So client work is high brain power, right? I'm not messing around with that. So I make sure I take care of my brain so that I can show up for them. Admin work that I do, right? That's low brain power. So for me, that's processing emails, scheduling phone calls, that kind of thing that, you know, admin stuff, organizing my desk. That's my low brain power stuff right? Then there's the focus work, which is even higher brain energy that I use. And it's deep focus. And the other problem with focus time is it's usually focus time with me. So I have to be fully responsible. There's not somebody else I'm showing up for. So that's like creative work, like doing this podcast, writing it. It is doing deep strategy work, solving big problems, planning this talk that I'm going to go and give as I go and speak. So that's part of my focus work. And that one is really high brain power. So I'm not going to schedule that upon a return from a trip. I will schedule lower brain stuff, right? And maybe doing some meetings that I don't need a whole lot of brain power in and I don't have to lead, but I can sit there and think through stuff. So maybe different energy levels. So being aware of that. And then the other thing for the space to re-enter is having time to re-energize for recovery, right? Self-care movement. And so for me, again, it can look like baths. It can look like exercise, a massage, those little melt foam rollers, the melt method, or the little balls that go underneath the feet. Those are different things that I can do to re-enter. And then here's the most important thing. We must give ourselves permission to do all of this imperfectly, right? To do all of it imperfectly. Before my last two trips, some of the schedules didn't align. There was, you know, I work with teams of people and some stuff didn't come through until a certain time. And I was working double time. And by Wednesday morning, I was really cranky, you all. (laughs) It was a long Monday and a Tuesday. And by Wednesday, I was really, really cranky and very, very short. There was the toll. And I got really snarky with my husband. And, you know, struggled through, struggled through, got through the week, went on a trip, then from there went on the next trip. And I was really cranky, 
bit volcanic. I'm like, oh yes, this is why I taper going into a trip. Lesson learned, key learning. Notice there's compassion. Owning my story and loving myself versus either not owning my story and telling yourself, telling you all that I just do it all magically and I'm really good at this. It's a practice. So give yourself permission to not do this well, to not do it perfectly. And in fact, I often say, give your, do B minus work. It's okay, right? There's certain things that I'm not willing to do B minus, but on travel and busyness, it's okay if you do B minus work. That doesn't mean miss your flights, right? Make your flights, make your things. Oh, one of the things that I messed up on, (laughs) I landed in Knoxville, Tennessee late on a Tuesday night and realized that we did not have our hotel room till Wednesday night. Because of travel plans, we had to go out a bit earlier and I realized that. So here's the thing. I got it all worked out. Fortunately, the hotel didn't have a problem adding another night. I didn't beat myself up. In fact, I just laughed, right? I I took care of it and I laughed with myself like, oh, here I made this mistake. I was so worried about as I was doing the cross-country travel that I would get stuck somewhere in snow that I was, I made a lot of very deliberate decisions about where we were going to fly into to then take the next flight to into Knoxville because Knoxville is a small airport that I spent so much time on that, I just forgot about the hotel room to make that change. It's okay. So (laughs) I'm committing to the best case scenario. I'm going to get to that place. I fortunately had a hotel for the rest of the nights, not that first night, but I was able to get that added on. B minus work, right? And here's the thing is on these five trips in seven weeks and hosting an in-person retreat for clients. Now that was something that I didn't give myself. I wasn't going to do B minus. I did a work that week because that was a lot of responsibility that I chose. But for some of this travel, there was D's, right? There was D's. I went back to some old, old habits where I overworked going into my last two trips. I showed up in town without a hotel at around midnight, right? So there's D's and it all worked out, right? It's been quite a lovely experience. I'm so delighted to be home for the next couple of months and not have travel. So it all worked out. So my friend, whether it's work, family, or fun, or all three, life has reopened from three years ago. And I've seen this more and more over the last year. My clients are busy with all sorts of travel. And the goal is to not get overwhelmed and blown, but to be able to move through it. It's not that there won't be shit shows because I shared with you some shit shows, right? Didn't even have a hotel room upon landing. And I was really concerned about getting stranded in Atlanta. And some other parents actually did and wound up driving in. We made our flight. That wasn't the problem. We just didn't have a hotel room. But that even that worked out. So there's going to be shit shows. It's just about it not taking you down or you blowing it all up because you are spent. So my invitation is you manage your mindset with what you say to yourself consciously as well as practice so it shifts into your unconscious so you can get it into your bones. I mean, that is the beauty of this is that the more and more that I do this, right? Instead of a long time ago, 
I realized I used to argue that this shouldn't be happening. Or I used to think like, we'll use the hotel example. My old belief would have immediately come up of, well, of course this happened. You're such a loser. (laughs) It'd just be a voice in the back of my head that would pop up. I worked on taming that gremlin, that shame gremlin. And then I used to argue this shouldn't be happening, or this is a sign, which I think is a really painful limiting belief that when we think it's signs. And I've even tamed that one. And when I realized I didn't have the hotel, I was like, oh. So my idea was to get ahead of it while I was waiting for our lift, about 30 minutes to come and call the hotel. And we were able to get them to book me a hotel. But of course, when I got to the hotel, it wasn't in the system. And so it was another hour, but it all worked out. I had a hotel room. I was grateful to have a hotel room. I didn't have all this angst or dirty pain on top of the clean pain of not having a hotel room after traveling for, I don't know, 10 hours that day, right? So by knowing that there's going to be shit shows and that's okay, just don't let it take you down. And we do that by not making the pain worse by what we tell ourselves or by being mean to ourselves, right? Manage your mindset, manage your mindset, know your why, honor your commitments and your responsibilities. Ask yourself what support looks like for you. What do you need so that you can do this? It's not weakness to need. It's about filling yourself up. Do any of you go to your cars like, well, you're really needy. You need fuel. You need either gasoline or electricity to be able to drive. You're really damn needy and selfish. You know, you're like, oh, you're getting close to empty. I better either go fill it up or go charge my car so that I can make it on this trip. We need to do that with ourselves, not judge ourselves but fill ourselves up so that we can sustain what we have in front of us. So ask yourself, what does support look like? What do you need? And really be compassionate with yourself. It doesn't mean that you don't take responsibility. You don't own your mistakes. You own them, right? Or like even myself with my last trip going, oh, yes, I became much snarkier. And I see that old pattern of working extra hard and doing all this extra work did not leave me to be a pleasant person to be around. Note to self, I will be more deliberate the next time I travel, right? Come away with key learnings. That, my friend, is how we learn, grow, and evolve. Small and big for you. Hey there, before we go, I have a question for you. Have you subscribed to the show yet? This is an awesome opportunity for you to preserve your brain juice. I love the fact that I can subscribe to podcasts and television shows and they go straight to my iPhone or they go straight to my DVR and then I don't have to worry of, oh no, especially with television shows. Did I hit record? Is it going to be there? Or now do I have to watch it on demand and go through all the commercials? So go and hit the subscribe button. There's a link in the show notes and that will ensure you that you never miss a show and you can also save your brain juice for other things in your life. There's way more important things, but you and I will still be connected because the show will be waiting for you in your phone. Go to the link in the show notes, subscribe to the show so you can automatically get all the shows to your phone. On a lake, she is dreaming. She is drifting, never been so wild.